Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message from the Nichols Road Campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. Good morning, everyone. Glad you're joining us in the live stream. And uh, for the few in the room, um, we are uh, finishing up the Practicing God's Presence. There we go. Thank you, my assistant. Um, and uh, been talking about different disciplines that we can practice as Christians to uh, uh, enter into the presence of God. Um, and it's important to understand that these are things that need to be practiced, and, and we need to learn how to uh, engage with God in a daily basis. And so over the last few weeks, we've talked about prayer and how to engage with God in prayer, and Many of these teachings have been actually quite basic, simple stuff. We're not digging uh, theologically uh, into the depths of Scripture because these are we wanted to get, emphasize the practical application. Um, hearing God's voice. Uh, the mentors did a great message on just learning how to tune into the voice of God and, and hear uh, uh, from Him on a daily basis. We talked about soaking, a uh, practice that um, some of you it may have been new, and if, uh, for some of us it's a uh, it's something that we used to do and maybe we don't do as often. Um, and we did one soaking service before we went back into the, the more of a lockdown. And at that soaking service, a number of people came. And I wanted to share that um, someone brought a non-Christian friend for a 90-minute soaking service. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder how that will go. And at the end of the service... We end up, I ended up speaking with him for some uh, time, and uh, he accepted Jesus as Lord of his life at a soaking service. So praise God. Uh, we talked about worship. Uh, I had a great time uh, last week uh, experiencing God's presence in worship. And today, our favorite, fasting. Yes, everyone loves fasting. And so uh, there is a bit.ly link there. Um, that you can go to. Fab Fasting Facts. I have a handout. I wrote this a number of years ago, and uh, this is a compilation of literally, folks, uh, about over 30 years of experience and how I've learned how to fast in a way that is um, actually easy. I find it easy, but again, it took me, it took me 30 years of uh, learning how to do that. But fasting is a, a very important spiritual discipline, and I don't know if you can see this table here, this table is like our lives. We live cluttered lives. Wouldn't you say? Most of us, our lives are cluttered with all sorts of stuff like this table. And fasting is a discipline that teaches us how to declutter our life. And so, just like I'm going to declutter, thanks, Marilyn, this uh, table by getting rid of some of the laundry that's laying around. How many find your life helped but also cluttered by technology. Tablets. I have a tablet. I never use it. It's an old tablet. I don't care about them anymore. <laughs> and just stuff, you know, we get the medicine you got to take. We have toys. Isn't this cool? My daughter had one of these. I thought it was so cool. I went out and bought two of them. <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> Duck! Hobbies, <clears throat> pandemic supplies. 
a whole new category of clutter. Sometimes we just need to get a grip on things. How many cords in life? When I was young, there was a thing called an extension cord. That was about the limit. Now we have cords of every kind. All right, we need to declutter our lives, and fasting is a, is a way to do that in a spiritual uh, dimension. And uh, we're going to talk some biblical basis for that, and I'm going to share some of the tips that I've learned over the years. Matthew 6, 16, <clears throat> Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to, be, uh, to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, he actually repeats that phrase, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I really like how the message translates this um, into a very commonly uh, uh, worded uh, contemporary phrasing. Uh, the message puts it this way. It says, when you practice some appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make it a production, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training, I like that statement, if you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair. Brush your teeth, please. Uh, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. Boom, boom. That needs to be a meme. God does not require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you're doing He'll reward you well. So Jesus said twice in that passage, when you fast. And that means Jesus expects his disciples to fast. Um, and that uh, phrase in the message, appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God, I think is a perfect definition of what is meant by biblical fasting. Appetite-denying discipline to better concentrate on God. And uh, fasting, when you deny yourself uh, food, which is something that you absolutely need. How many of us absolutely need food? How many of us need as much food as we actually eat? Yeah, not many of us in America need that, but we all need food. And so when we discipline ourselves to... Uh, deny ourselves something that we absolutely need for life, it enables us to gain a strength so that we can refrain from indulging on things that we don't need or things that are maybe detrimental. All right? And so how do you build a discipline to resist sin and temptation or overindulgence or indulging in things that God says don't indulge in or don't overindulge in. How do you develop that discipline? By denying yourself something that you absolutely need, like your daily sustenance. And so fasting is a very, very powerful way to develop that, um, that uh, discipline. And Jesus gives a negative examples of the hypocrites. 
and then follows it with a positive example. And so the negative example is, you know, don't be like those hypocrites. Another way to translate the word hypocrite is a pretender. Don't be like those pretenders with a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Jesus then follows that with uh, challenging his uh, disciples to fast in a way that's consistent with his character and with the character of the kingdom. And so in our spiritual disciplines, we need to display godly character. And he talks about how to do that. He says, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. How many want to be rewarded by the Father? How many want to be openly rewarded by our Heavenly Father? That means everybody can see God's blessing on your life. Well, Jesus says a way to obtain that is to fast secretly. Don't call attention to it. I'm going to explain a little bit what I I believe means uh, by secretly. But fasting is a neglected discipline in the contemporary church. And I encourage all of us to learn how to fast and to do it uh, on a regular basis. Uh, practice, <clears throat> uh, it says practice your regular, uh, when it says wash your head and your, uh, your face, uh, brush your teeth, as it says in the message, that just means uh, do your normal routine. Appear normal. And it's, 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 that's what we are supposed to do. This is to be regular day to day. And what's done in secret is what enables us to be rewarded by our Heavenly Father. And the motive must be intimacy with our Father in Heaven. All right, We're seeking after being rewarded by our Father. And that reward is intimacy. It, it may be blessing and uh, material stuff, but the ultimate reward that we are seeking from our Father is intimacy with Him, knowing Him, uh, being empowered by Him, reproducing his character. How do we get that? Fasting is, fasting, I, can, I, I like to compare it to a power tool uh, in Christian, of the Christian disciplines. It's like a chainsaw. It can, it can get uh, stuff done that other disciplines uh, may not be able to. And sometimes you need to add fasting in order to find breakthrough. And if you learn how to fast on a regular basis, then you're always operating at a higher level of spiritual power and authority. Now, I came up with this term <clears throat> a number of years ago called grace-based fasting. And the reason I came up with the term is that um, I've heard a lot of teaching on fasting. I, I know a lot of friends that fast. Um, and by golly, it's not very grace-based, all right? Uh, it seems, it comes across very legalistic. And um, I believe that we need to understand fasting from a grace perspective. And when I explain this to some people, they actually get legalistic. I don't, wouldn't say that to their face while they're being legalistic. I might. Depends how close I am with them. <laughs> but I've actually had people kind of like shake their head and walk away as though I was cheating. This is not cheating. This is grace-based fasting, all right? Again, as I said earlier, fasting is one of the most spiritual disciplines, but you need to learn how to do it correctly. 
And if you don't do it correctly, it can actually cause harm. The first time I fasted was when I, uh, after I got saved, I was um, involved in a, what I would call now a hyper-charismatic church, but it was full of power and was an amazing time. And, uh, and they said, boy, you really should fast before you get baptized. So I started out with a five-day fast, and they were very strict. I remember at work, I was working in a factory, I put a mint in my mouth, and my uh, mentor was like shocked, and I had to spit it out. And that, that's how strict they were. You couldn't even have a breath mint. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and then at the end of that five-day fast, I got baptized. Woo! And I was living with this uh, family, and uh, they celebrated it by cooking a feast. And I'm telling you, it was amazing. Of course, I hadn't eaten, and I was young. I was, I was uh, 19. <laughs> and hadn't eaten for five days, okay? And then they had all this amazing food. So I ate, and I thought I was going to die because my body went into shock. My body had, uh, was not ready to have a stomach full of food. Literally, I spent the rest of that day in agony as my body had to relearn. <laughs> later, um, years and years later, um, I was in my 30s and uh, working, had a family, was very busy, and I tried to fast. I got terrible, terrible headaches. And I thought, well, I, just, I guess I just can't fast anymore. There must be something wrong with me. Uh, and so for a number of years, I didn't fast. But then I um, uh, learned this grace-based way of fasting uh, that um, uh, really uh, has transformed my life. I fast regularly. Uh, in fact, uh, just a few months ago, I fasted three days a week for a month. So every week I was fasting three days. No one here knew about it. The only person in my life that knew it was my wife. Because uh, when she sat down to have dinner, I didn't. <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I regularly fast often. The benefits of fasting is not in the amount of how much you suffer. Okay, And this is the big mistake that Christians make, thinking that, boy, they have to really suffer. Uh, that's a works-based mentality. And grace-based fasting uh, says, no, that is not the benefit. And uh, I'll show you scripture in a minute. Uh, fasting is not about dieting, although there is uh, in intermittent fasting is an effective way uh, to diet. But what I'm talking about is fasting for the spiritual discipline of connecting better with God and removing distractions from your life. And of course, if you have any medical concerns, talk to your doctor first. There are four basic types of fasts. Um, one is the Daniel fast. A lot of people think they know what this means. <laughs> And I think I know what it means. Uh, but some people overdefine it. Because in the, in, the, uh, in the Old Testament, where it describes Daniel's fast, it says he did not partake of the king's delicacies. And, so, and in another place, it says he, only, he and his uh, par, uh, companions only ate vegetables. And so uh, there's two different places, and the king's delicacies is, is rather vague. Uh, the, the actual language there uh, could mean a lot of different things. And so many times people that do a Daniel fast say, well, I only eat vegetables. Great. That's a great way to do a Daniel fast. Another interpretation is I don't eat anything sweet. Great. That's a Daniel fast. Actually, the way I understand it 
is the Daniel fast is when you choose to refrain from eating any, any one thing or any set of things. So it's not specific because the scripture there, uh, it's really hard to get specific when you study the, the words of Daniel, uh, uh, the uh, story of Daniel. So, for example, if you take a month and you're not going to eat meat as a spiritual fast, then that would be a Daniel fast. Um, or if you're uh, not, you're going to refrain from anything sweet, uh, that would be a Daniel fast. So it's a limited fast. And then you have a juice or liquid fast. <clears throat> uh, this is actually a very, very um, uh, important way to fast. And this changed my life, quite frankly, when I discovered how to do juice fast. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I made a mistake, um, <clears throat> or in my learning process, of doing juice or smoothie fast, one time I kept track of the calories. And um, juice has a lot of calories, and smoothies have even more. And just because it's liquid doesn't mean it is not highly loaded with calories. And in fact, so I, I had this plan to do a juice fast, and uh, I took, kept track of my calories for the first few days, and I was eating substantially more calories than I would eat in my normal diet. And I realized, oops, I don't think that's quite fasting when I'm actually gaining weight while I fast. Because uh, you, can, you can easily uh, um, uh, make a mistake that way. And so, as I'll explain a little bit later, I dilute juice. If you dilute juice or if you uh, uh, do smoothies, like just a small smoothie in the morning, and one later in the day, something like that. But you need to be conscious of, if you're, uh, I knew someone that did uh, this smoothie fast, and they would make several smoothies, and I watched what they put in that smoothie, and I'm like, you know, avocados, bananas. I'm like, you know, if you take a, a roast beef and make it a smoothie, that doesn't count, okay? All right, moving on. A normal fast is water only. So in the Bible, when Jesus said, when you fast, that's what he was talking about. Uh, that was a normal, uh, typical fast where you would abstain from all foods <clears throat> other than water. Uh, and then we have a total fast, and this we only see a number of times. Uh, Moses, when he was on the mountain with God, did not eat or drink for 40 days. Now, in the natural, you would die, all right? But there are certain uh, times where you do a total fast, and that means you don't even drink water. Uh, and that is not recommended for more than 12 hours or one day at the most, because it can be uh, very, very dangerous. Um, but you can include that as part of a fast. All right. Uh, another verse with this idea of a grace-based fast is actually from the Old Testament, where Isaiah and God, in the, through the prophet, is challenging the, his people's conception of what a biblical fast is or what a godly fast is. And he's asking these questions rhetorically. He says, it is, is it a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? So the answer to that is no. All right, But a lot of people read that and think that's what God wants. No, God's saying, hey, this is not what I want. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? See, the Pharisees thought that that's what God wanted but the scripture is actually saying, no, guys, that's not the fast I'm calling you to. And God says, would you call that a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? 
is this not the fast that I've chosen? And now he describes, like Jesus did the negative example and a positive example. God, through the prophet, is giving us a positive example. Fasting is meant to loose the bonds of wickedness, to bring freedom, to undo heavy burdens, not to put a burden on us, to let the oppressed go free, uh, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread? Okay, so it's, it's a place where we position ourselves to be generous. And when you learn how to fast, you remove distractions from your life, and you put food in its proper priority, and you learn that discipline, it's much, much easier to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. God's saying that the fruit of a godly fast is, is, is meeting the needs of those who are hungry and destitute and being generous and then seeing freedom and seeing your light breaking forth. That means blessing in your life and healing spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And so this describes that uh, fasting is to position us in a, to a, in a place where we're, we're experiencing and receiving the glory of God and the righteousness of God. It really, really is a powerful discipline when you do it uh, rightfully and not when, um, and, uh, and it requires us not doing it from a legalistic point of view and getting caught up in the restrictions, but actually uh, turning and using it as a discipline that enables us to, to practice God's presence in the way that we receive him in a greater capacity. Jesus, when he fasted for 40 days um, at the beginning of his ministry, it says that at, at the end, he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Afterward, he was hungry. Huh. Afterward, he was hungry. And I was taught this by the uh, people that uh, uh, led me to the Lord. And, and, and um, in those early days, they really stressed that if you feel hungry during your fast, then you're not fasting. And that challenged me because naturally you feel hungry. But let me tell you, if you fast correctly, for the majority of the fast, you shouldn't feel hungry. All right? And again, this is something that I've practiced for decades. When I fast, I generally don't feel hungry at all. I can go days without eating or eating just a very, very limited amount. I'm going to show you in a minute how I do it, and I don't experience hunger. I actually feel um, energized. Uh, and the reason is, <laughs> when I start to feel hungry, it's usually when I uh, lose the focus of intimacy with the Father and allow my natural mind to start thinking about, guess what? Food. <laughs> you know, and so if that's what you're thinking about, or if you get distracted, those, those natural uh, uh things will uh, engage. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to feel hunger pangs. It's normal. But you need to get past that. Um, and I've also learned through the years, especially in a longer fast, not a fast of a, a one meal or an afternoon or even a day or two, but if you're fasting for more than three days, you're likely to um, need salt. And your body, you can die without enough salt. And especially if you're drinking water, and I drink a lot of water, and so you can get your um, 
uh, the, the salt levels uh, off and your, your electrolyte levels off. And literally, when I fast for uh, longer periods, uh, different times during the day, I'll take a pinch of salt and just put it in my mouth because my body needs that. And I've learned to take vitamins. I regularly take vitamins, fairly regularly. But when I do a longer fast, um, I, I find that I need those vitamins because if I'm lacking a, a, an essential nutrient, that triggers the hunger response. But if I take a vitamin, I don't even feel hungry. Um, and, and I know that some of you don't believe me. Because <laughs> I've explained this to enough people in person that they, they think I'm, I'm, I'm fooling them. But it, it's absolutely true if you learn how to do this. And so I'm going to share with you um, some, the way that I fast. And again, this is, this is not necessarily the only way, but this is just a way, and this is some recommendations. Uh, start, uh, set a start and an end date. And of course, sunset to sunset is how the Hebrew calendar works. So it makes it actually really easy for me to do. I don't even do one-day fasts, okay? For me to do a one-day fast is, is just, it's too short. It's like, why bother? But for many, but it, that wasn't the case all the time. And, and if, you're, um, if you're doing a one-day fast every uh, once a week, then that becomes a significant thing. But if you go from sunset to sunset, then you can actually eat during the first day. And once the sun sets, then you don't eat during the, uh, well, uh, until the following sunset. So after sunset, the second day, you can actually have something to eat. So that's an acceptable fast. But a one-day fast is actually when you experience hunger pangs and the transition, often a headache. And so um, uh, one-day fasts are, are just like, it's the worst part of the fast. Um, it's actually day three that you generally hit your uh, fasting mode and end up um, getting to a place where you, you can actually enjoy a fast. The day, first day, second day, a little hard. Determine what you'll abstain from, but be flexible. All right, so before you start a fast, in prayer, uh, you know, God, I want to fast, so determine what that's going to be. I'm not going to eat any meat. Okay, great. Or I'm not going to eat any, uh, I'm not going to eat broccoli. <laughs> Make it meaningful, all right? Uh, 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 but be flexible, all right? So again, don't be legalistic. So avoiding sweets, uh, a lot of people will fast the internet or television or Facebook, and that's fine. But in my perspective, that doesn't produce the deepening of intimacy with the Father that a normal fast will produce or a, a limited juice fast because you have to get to the place where you've really removed distractions. And so, yeah, if you're going to face uh, entertainment for a while, that's great. Um, but I'm talking about fasting food, a food-based fast on a regular basis, and I'm challenging all, all of you, if you want to grow spiritually, to get to the place where you can do three to five day fast and possibly try a one week or a two week fast. I've fasted 40 days. I did that a number of years ago. Uh, it's, it's very fruitful. <clears throat> 40 days is hard. Uh, but for the majority of it, it wasn't hard. Just certain, certain points in it, it gets a little difficult. For longer fasts, like uh, three to five days or two weeks, 
you need to take time to get your body ready. All right, and you do that by uh, changing your eating pattern by eating less and eating less often. Um, eliminate red meat and all meat altogether. And so I used to uh, have to do this really um, intentionally before I would do a fast of three to five days. But now I've, my body's gotten used to it that as long as I don't eat meat uh, one day, then I can fast the next, I can begin the fast the next day. I, I could start fasting tomorrow and fast for two weeks if I wanted to. And it, and it, and it really wouldn't make, and no one would know uh, that I'd change it except my wife. <laughs> and, then, and then once you stop the red meat, but I'm, I'm talking about the gradual reduction, then go to just juice or smoothies. Again, that helps you. You're, you're teaching your body to kind of scale down. And again, uh, a juice or a smoothie, you need to count the calories so that you're actually reducing. And the idea is that you're slowing down your metabolism so that your body can get used to it, getting to the point where you're just drinking diluted juice every few hours, all right? And then get to the place where you just do water for a day, or maybe two days, or maybe three days. And that's when you're doing a normal fast. So you actually start with a limited fast, and you do a juice fast, and then you get to a normal fast, and that's, that's, that's the best way. Rather than, if you're eating normal, and say, I'm gonna start fasting tomorrow on Monday through Friday, it's gonna, it's gonna be really hard, you probably won't be able to do it because by Tuesday you'll have a throbbing headache and you may feel sick. You need to learn how to get your body um, trained to change your eating patterns. And then at the end, gradually reintroduce food items. Um, and intentionally, this is a big mistake, keep your portions small for a week or two because otherwise you'll end up gaining more weight than you lost. And again, the goal is not to lose weight, but you will lose weight but if you come back, you're going you're gonna to automatically binge. Your body is going to go into binge mode because you hadn't been eating for a number of uh, days. <clears throat> so remember, the benefit, this is the big idea, is not how much you suffer, but the increased self-control and greater spiritual sensitivity. Grace-based fasting means that it's okay to make adjustments based on how you feel. So say you're going to do a juice, a diluted juice only, and then you're going to do three days of water only, but that second day of water only, you're not feeling good. You're weak or shaky. You know what? Have some uh, broth. Broth is a good thing. To get, it has a lot of salt in it and other minerals. Uh, broth and some crackers and, and, and be flexible. Um, <clears throat> I often will do diluted juice. This is, this is actually my standard fasting um, uh, process. And I brought some more illustrations for you because props are fun. How many use these red cups? Aren't they the best? All right. And so what I do, when I, my, when I do a normal fast, Again, uh, I'll cut down my food a little bit a day or two before. If I was going to fast this, this coming week or three days this week, I would eat light uh, the day before I began the fast. And the day I begin the fast, I can jump right to diluted juice. I don't have to do juice and then diluted juice. I don't do smoothies. 
Um, and when I talk about diluted juice, I, I get this fresh squeezed orange juice from D&W. It's great. Uh, no sponsorship plugs here. This is a third of a cup of juice. You can do any juice you want. One third cup. And then they, don't you love this uh, LaCroix stuff? It's got like no calories but flavor. I don't know how they do that. I think it's magic. <laughs> but I happen to like the coconut with one third cup of orange juice. And it just, if you don't make the bubbles too much, look at that. Perfect. And so this is what I'll have. And I, I get up in the morning, I'll have my regular day. I'll have one of these usually around 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I'll, I'll make it last for at least an hour. And you know, it tastes really good. And after you fast for a couple of days, that tastes like amazing. <laughs> so that's it. I'll just have that. And the first day or two, I'll have three of those throughout the course of the entire day. Working full time, doing whatever I normally do. Nobody even knows what I'm, I'm drinking because it's just a red cup. They don't know it's diluted juice. So I only have one cup of juice over a 24-hour period. And water. Yeah, I drink water endlessly. If you know me, you know that. <laughs> but for, for, to maintain my blood sugar, all you need is a third of a cup, and it just trickles in. And this is a trick I learned years ago that changed everything. This has enabled me to do the 40-day fast. And I actually learned this from um, the guy who founded um, uh, 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 Crusade, um, Campus Crusade. What do they call it? Crew now. Bill Bright. Bill Bright did this uh, when he got older. He said he needed, before he went to bed, uh, a piece of bread with uh, uh, peanut butter on it. I, I, I may be remembering. Uh, he said something along that line, but that's what I do. I'll take, before I go to bed, I'll take a piece of bread and peanut butter. Sometimes I toast the bread, sometimes I don't. And I put a generous amount of peanut butter on it. And then that's it for a 24-hour period. But that enables me to sleep through the night and have a good night's sleep. And, but and after I do that for a, a couple of days, if I'm doing longer than a three-day fast, then I'll do at least two or three days of just water. Because by then, my body's gotten used to it. And I can go into the details. You're into ketosis. If you're into, uh, you can read all about this. Now, fasting is popular. Um, 15 years ago, I read an article that no doctor would ever recommend fast. And now intermittent fasting is the biggest craze. Um, and the funny thing is, the Bible's been talking about it for thousands of years. All right? And so grace-based fasting, diluted juice, makes all the difference. A piece of bread before you go to uh, bed helps you uh, sleep through the night and not wake up in the middle of the night with hunger pangs. This has made all the difference for me. I was able to do that for, for 40 days. A fasting that was a number of years ago. I do it regularly, um, probably at least once every other month. I'll do a, a three to five day fast. And then uh, in between those, I'll do a couple of days here and there. Whenever I feel the need for greater intimacy or when uh, I experience oppression or difficulty or the need for 
extra wisdom. I just need to press in. Or if I need to remove distractions from my life, if I need to get rid of things in my life. And so the, the more you can eliminate, the more distractions you can remove. And that's why, you know, just a juice fast and then eventually just a few days of water, you're, you're, you're spiritually removing distractions. Again, th- this is training for removing spiritual distractions and other bigger things in life. Removing things that are absolutely necessary like food gives you the discipline and the ability to be able to resist indulging in things you don't need. All right, and then having a bite of something, you know, if, um, if I'm in a fast and I, we go over to somebody's house, if it's not a pandemic, <laughs> you know, somebody's having a birthday, you know, and they want you to have a piece of cake, you know, have, oh, I'll just take a small piece. And you have a bite, and then you walk over and throw the rest of it away. But having a bite of cake is not going to ruin your fast, all right? Having a breath mint doesn't ruin your fast. You know, it's okay to have a bite, just don't have a whole meal, all right? And you follow the Spirit. Learn to be tuned into the Holy Spirit as to what's appropriate and what's not. Fasting is best if you can take time to be alone. Again, removing distractions from life. Uh, a water-only fast should be done mostly or exclusively on a retreat. Even Jesus left his disciples and went out into the wilderness when he did a, fa- a full-on fast. All right? You need to understand that you need to get away, especially when you get to the level of water-only fasting, because it's, it's hard to deal with all of the stresses of life in those um, situations. In fact, uh, I I read this in um, a book on fasting, that a juice fast in our day is as difficult, if not more so, than a normal fast in Jesus' day. Why would you say that? Because in our day, we are assaulted with so much information and so many decisions. We may not physically work as hard as uh, people in Jesus' day, but listen, if people were working physically hard, they didn't fast while they were doing that hard agricultural work. They would fast on the days that they weren't working. Or Jesus' example, he fasted when he left and went by himself. In our day, we are bombarded with um, uh, uh, so much information and so many decisions. The organ in your body that uses the most calories is your brain. Okay, And so that's why... Uh, in our day, a juice fast is really equivalent, a diluted juice fast, in my opinion, is equivalent to a normal fast, uh, unless you're able to get alone and be by yourself for most or all of the days. Another thing to understand when you're fasting is fasting reveals issues. Fasting reveals issues. That's a big benefit. And so it's a time you can use to sort out those issues with your Father in the secret place. And just like Jesus encountered temptation uh, from the devil when he fasted, we can expect spiritual assaults, okay? The uh, important thing is that you learn how to respond uh, with sensitivity and take time to pray through the issues that surface while you're fasting and believe that you can overcome the devil uh, just as Jesus did in the time that he fasted. Another thing to remember, that when you fast, the benefits of fasting are not uh, often experienced while you're fasting. It's afterwards. After Jesus finished his fast, 
the angels ministered to him. Okay, so it's normally after the fast that you get the benefit of the fast. And then there's this thing wrapping up called the fasted life. This is uh, uh, means that you've developed a discipline or a lifestyle where fasting is not just occasional but routine. That, that there's a regular pattern of fasting in your life or that you're always fasting something. You're always refraining from something for, uh, for, the be- for the spiritual discipline and the benefit of intimacy with the Father. Um, and it's keeping your secret place clear of clutter so that you can spend time with intimacy uh, with the Father and uninterrupted from distractions of life. So I hope that you take up the challenge in these next weeks and months to learn how to fast. I have this uh, handout on the uh, Facebook page. You should be able to find it um, on the sermon notes uh, that you can go to or you can email me or just bit.ly fab fasting facts. And if you want to argue about this, make an appointment with me and I'll talk to you more about it.